Maryland game's just a few days away. So why don't we get to know the opponent? You are locked on Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked on Northwestern. I'm your host, Carter Bird. Locked on Northwestern is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen for anything and everything Northwestern. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked on Northwestern. You can find us. Wherever you are listening, make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications. Don't you don't want to miss any of any of these episodes? Uh, and leave a comment. Give us some feedback. We'd love to. Uh, we love to get some feedback and make the show as good as we can. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines. Than ever before, bet online where the game starts. All right, so we know that Northwestern plays Maryland here on Saturday. So I think that we should do a deeper dive into what what does this Maryland team look like? How have they performed to this point in the season? I think it's all very, very interesting. Obviously, when you talk about this team, we're going to start with the offense, and everything about the offense is kind of, well, first, we should talk about the fact that this team is sitting here at 5-2 and two right now. They won their first three against Buffalo at Charlotte, which is an interesting game, going on the road to a G5 team like that, and not a very good one at that, um, at, at that really. And they would they beat SMU as well. Then they got Big Ten play started with a 34-27 loss at number four Michigan. Then they followed that up with a pretty solid win over Michigan State, a Michigan State team that I don't think we had realized at that point just how bad they are. Then Purdue. Purdue beat them uh at Maryland by two points in a very close 31-29 game. And then this past week, uh, Maryland went on the road to Indiana and got a 38-35 victory. Let's start talking about the offense. Uh, Obviously, all of this is kind of the entire offense is somewhat subject to change depending on who starts at quarterback. You either have Talia Tangovaloa or Billy Edwards Jr. Talia, uh, for his career, is 583 for 844 with a 69.1% completion percentage, 6,972 yards, 47 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, and seven rushing touchdowns. This season, he's 171 and two third for 236 for a 72 and a half percent completion percentage, 2,001 passing yards. Uh, 13 passing touchdowns, five interceptions, and three rushing touchdowns. Obviously, the last name should sound familiar. Uh, Tagovailoa, and uh, that's to his brother. I mean, he's he's somebody who, I guess, grew up with Tua out west, and then when Tua went to Alabama, he 
moved to Thompson High School in Alabama. Uh, was one of the better quarterbacks out of out of Thompson High School in the country. I think he was top 180 player. Um, and then he enrolled at Alabama. He followed Tua. And after a year there, he transferred up to Maryland, which is where he's been a three-year starter. Last week, though, he did have an MCL sprain, or he re-aggravated an MCL sprain, and is considered a game-time decision. I think it'd be an interesting move to play him personally. But his backup that relieved him is Billy Edwards Jr., redshirt freshman, six foot three, two hundred seven pounds, out of Springfield, Virginia, three star in the twenty twenty one class, number one thousand five hundred ninety player in the country, number one hundred four quarterback, and the number forty three player in Virginia. Uh, he signed and enrolled at Wake Forest, was there for a year, then transferred to Maryland, kind of like Tua in that aspect. Uh, this season so far. He's 9 of 16 passing for a 56.3% completion percentage, 102 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 13 rushes for 70 yards. Last week in relief of uh, Talia, he was 0 for 3, zero yards, zero per, obviously completion, zero yards, all that good stuff. Um, five rushes for 53 yards and a touchdown is what he did on the ground and allowed to put the team out in front far enough. They were able to hang on to a victory there. Now, the season numbers for this offense, they're gaining about 459.6 yards per game, good for 31st in the country. They're scoring 34.6 points per game, tied for 35th in the country as well. They run for 159.1 yards per game, 62nd in the country, so they're not they're not a dominant running team by by any aspect, but they pass for 300.4 yards per game, 21st in the country. Uh, they have a 44.9% conversion rate on third down, good for 41st in the country, but they are 76.9% on fourth down. They are 10 of 13 on the year. Uh, that is 10th in the country there. Uh, to this point in the year, their quarterbacks complete 71.4% of their passes. That is third in the nation right there. But they do have 11.68 yards per completion, which is 81st in the country. They are they have a, they score at 96.3% of their drives in the red zone, 26 of 27, the seventh best mark in the country. Uh, they have, they've allowed 13 sacks this year, 35 tackles for a loss. They're 28th in, in pass efficiency, uh, which you can see from the fact that they complete so many passes and they do throw for the 21st most yards per game in the country. Uh, they, they have eight turnovers as an offense so far, tied for 35th in the country, five of those being interceptions, three of those being fumbles. And some other players to watch. Obviously, in the running back room, you have Roman Himby. This so far this year, he has 81 rushes for 502 yards, four touchdowns, 24 receptions for 225 yards, and a touchdown as well. He's gone for 100 plus rushing yards against Buffalo, SMU, and Indiana last week, uh, averaging 6.2 yards per carry this year. He catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. I think ever since week one, he's caught at least three passes a game. So, I mean, that's something to keep an eye on, especially 
if Maryland is not starting to Leah in this game, if they're turning it over to Billy Edwards Jr., maybe you see more passes to the backs. Uh, his running back mate is Antoine Littleton. Uh, he has 50 rushes on the year, 309 yards, six touchdowns, four receptions, 44 yards in the past game. He went for 120 yards against Michigan State earlier this year, and that's kind of been his best performance so far. When you look at the wide receivers and the and the tight ends, really the pass catchers, Corey Dykes, 6'2", 220-pound tight end, the leading receiver for this Maryland team, 25 receptions, 346 yards, three touchdowns. I think he leads the team in touchdowns as well. Uh, with him in kind of that pass catchers group, Jacob Copeland, the Florida transfer, 20 receptions, 313 yards, two touchdowns. Ja'Shawn Jones, 24 receptions, 294 yards, two touchdowns. Then Rakeem Jarrett, 25 receptions, 289 yards, two touchdowns. And then it kind of drops off a little bit from there, but they still have some consistency down there. C.J. Dippery, um, 17 receptions, 193 yards, two touchdowns. Dante Demas, 12 receptions, 142 yards and a touchdown. And Ty Felton, 11 receptions, 115 yards and a touchdown. They have five players on the roster with at least 20 receptions. They have four players with 225 receiving yards or more, eight players with 10-plus receptions, and eight players with 115 receiving yards or more. That's kind of the way this offense looks. They, they're really good at distributing the football. We'll talk more about that in a little while. Um, and it'll, But I do think that, that the whole offense could look totally different with Billy Edwards Jr. They could become more of a running team. It could, you could see more of Roman Hemby and Antoine Littleton uh, along with Billy Edwards kind of in a read option type game if, you, if uh, Talia cannot go on Saturday. That's going to be something I keep my eye on, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but... Before we move to the defense here and we look at what does this Maryland defense really look like, let's talk about our friends at Sweat Block. Look, as a larger guy, I've always had issues with sweating. Um, No one wants to be that person that's uh, pitting in public. Uh, It becomes something you worry about when you leave the house. But thankfully, I found our friends at Sweat Block. I no longer have that issue. The anxiety surrounding it every time I went out has faded away. Just like the the, the, the fear of sweating and everything, the the sweat on the armpits has kind of faded away. Uh, Sweat Block was created by a doctor to help his own excessive sweating. It is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweating or odor, try SweatBlock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at SweatBlock.com. Also available on Amazon. All right, so now that we've talked about the the offense, what does this this Maryland defense look like so far this year? Um, Well, Let's start with the numbers. So far, they have allowed 383 yard, 383.4 yards per game, 72nd in the country, 
24.14 points per game, 51st in the country. They are pretty good against the run. They've allowed 106.7 rush yards per game. There's some outlier games in there. Michigan ran big against them. Some other teams have not at all, but that is good for 22nd in the country. They allow 276.7 passing yards per game, which is not very good. That is 114th in America. Uh, On third down, they allow conversions on 41.1% of third downs. That is 84th in the country. Uh, On fourth down, they allow conversions on 52.6% of fourth down plays. That is 73rd in America. Uh, They've allowed 162 first downs this year, which is tied for 116th in the country. They've allowed scores on 76.7% of their opponents' red zone drives, which is tied for 34th. They're 59th in pass efficiency defense. They have 17 sacks on the year, 2.43 per game, tied for 39th. They have 41 tackles for loss, 5.9 per game, tied for 59th. They have also forced 10 turnovers, which is tied for 56th in the country. Five of those are fumbles recovered, and five of those are interceptions. Look, this defense can be passed on. Um, It's one of their weaker spots on the the defensive side of the ball. Back in the secondary, um, they allow a a fair amount of third and fourth down conversions, and they allow a lot of first downs that could be a window for Northwestern to to kind of possess the ball, control the time possession by just having some steady drives and continuing to reel off first downs. Some players to watch, Bo Brady, uh, DB, 51 tackles, three tackles for loss, one interception, four passes defended, and two forced fumbles. Jay Sean Burham, uh, 35 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, one pass defended, uh, one fumble recovery, and one forced fumble. Ahmad McCullough, linebacker, 33 tackles, two tackles for loss, and two fumble recoveries. Uh, Dante Trader, another DB, 31 tackles, one interception, two passes defended. And then Jacorian Bennett, 26 tackles, one interception, nine passes defended. This defense, I think, can be susceptible. They have allowed um, a good bit more points, more consistent points, in Big Ten play, allowing 34 to Michigan, only allowing 13 to Michigan State, uh, but then they allowed 31 to Purdue and 33 to Indiana. I think there's an opportunity for Northwestern to put up some points, um, and I think that that the offensive line for Northwestern needs to protect whoever plays quarterback. Uh, they need to get the run game going if they can, uh, and these there are some one-on-one battles that you need to win uh, on the outside for Northwestern, um, whether it be Bryce Kurtz, Malik Washington, um, the tight ends, Marshall Lang, Thomas Gordon. Those guys have been pretty effective in the past game. Even Evan Hull, see what damage he can do. Guy kind of getting him out in space and getting the ball in his hands in the past game because he, he is the leading receiver. It's um it's been phenomenal to watch him play this year. It's gotten a little slower here in the last few weeks. Let's see if coming off the bye week, 
they can kind of get him going again. But first, uh, before we we move to final takeaways and kind of say, we will look at the penalties too, because I do think that that's an important aspect when talking about this Maryland team. Kind of some final takeaways before we uh, get ready for the Friday show tomorrow. Um, but first, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for betting, f- betting football, and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right. Final takeaways. Well, first, let's let's start by talking about the the penalty situation with this Maryland team because it's not good for them. They are tied for 127th in penalties with 59 on the season. Uh, They are 128th in penalty yards. There's only 131 teams, uh, if you need that perspective. With 522 penalty yards to this point in the season, they are 125th in penalties per game with 8.43 and 124th in penalty yards per game at 74.57. So they're not a very disciplined football team. They will find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Can Northwestern take advantage? Back to other takeaways. We know that this defense can be passed on. Can Brendan Sullivan, Ryan Holinsky, whoever's back there at quarterback, uh, maybe both, can they sit in the pocket, get protection, find their guys on time, on target, get some momentum in the passing game, kind of start to move the ball down the field, maybe with some chunk plays, uh, that type thing through the air. I think that's very important. Uh, Their run defense is really, really good. I'm not sure Northwestern can have a ton of success on the ground. But then again, you've got a solid offensive line. You've got two good running backs in Evan Hull and Cam Porter. And then if you stick Brendan Sullivan back there, you do have that dynamic nature at the quarterback position with his legs. Can that help kind of get the run game going a little bit more in a game like this? I think it can. I think it'll be something to to keep an eye on for sure uh, with this one. And cause I think that we've seen, especially coming off the bye, assuming Northwestern has gotten healthier, um, assuming that they are fresher, can they get push up front and kind of assert their will on the Maryland defense? If they can, I think this could be a really, really, really fun game. Um, Maryland's offense, they distribute the football extremely well in the pass game about as good as anybody in the country about as well as anybody in the country rather um they are there there are so many guys that can hurt you um that'll be an extremely difficult test for this northwestern defense that at times has struggled with losing guys in coverage and giving up some big plays and explosive plays in the pass game well i think that that's something to keep an eye on just because there's 
four or five guys with 200-plus receiving yards, 20-plus receptions. You've got eight with 10 or more and eight with 115 or more yards. Um, A lot of threats in the passing game on this Maryland team. Um, Can can Northwestern corral them? Um, How does the quarterback situation play into that? If Billy Edwards is back there, does... Does he have the same ability to kind of distribute the football and get the football in his playmaker's hands the way that Talia does? I would say probably not. Um, The numbers, the completion percentage numbers are not the same. I know the sample size is extremely small for Billy Edwards, but it remains to be seen just how good of a passer he really is. Billy, If Billy Edwards does start this game, can Northwestern make him uncomfortable? Can they get some pressure? Can they force him into making mistakes? That's going to be what I want to see. We have not seen him throw an interception yet this year, but also he's only throwing 16 passes. Can can they force him? Can they trick him into thinking he's seeing one coverage and maybe he's actually seeing a different one? Can he can they force him into some bad reads, turn the ball over, and then when he does run the ball, can they contain him? Because he has run the ball pretty effectively this year. 13 carries for 70 yards, I believe. Uh, five five carries for 53 last week, I believe. Can Northwestern contain him on the ground? Uh, he's an athletic guy, bigger guy, six foot three, 200, around 210 pounds. Um, and then finally, can Northwestern, if he starts, can Northwestern make Maryland one-dimensional? Dimension, can they either sell out, shut down the run, and make Billy Edwards beat them with with his arm? Or can they shut down the pass game and then just focus, basically tell Maryland they have to run the ball all the way down the field and score points? Uh, that's going to be something with, depending on who plays at quarterback, I think that that changes how this game is played. Uh, but those are my final takeaways. Just I think that there is a path for success for Northwestern in this game. I just think that they they need to show up ready to go on the road coming off a bye. They need to execute their plan. They need to win those one-on-ones that Fitz has been talking about for a while. If they do all that, I think they should be fine. That's probably going to do it for us here today on Locked On Northwestern. Uh, we'll see you back tomorrow with uh, our, our kind of weekly picks. Um, weekly picks show where we... We will talk about this game a little bit more, and then we'll look around the Big Ten around the country and make picks uh, all over the country. All of those brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Um, but yeah, we, you can follow me. I'm, I'm your host, Carter Bird. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterBird13. We appreciate you making Locked on Northwestern your first listen every day. For anything and everything Northwestern, we're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Uh, We are also on YouTube. Just search Locked on Northwestern. You can find us wherever you listen. Make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications. Make sure you leave a comment. Make sure you give us some feedback. Uh, We're always trying to make the show better. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. But uh, before we go, as Big Ten fans, we need to know what our team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I will see you all tomorrow. See you next time.